Today, we have a truly inspiring guest who dared to break free from the corporate world in order to pursue his passion for capturing the beauty of nature through his own lens. Please join me in welcoming our guest, Mike Benz. Mike is a former corporate professional who took a leap of faith to become a nature photographer. With an unwavering love for the outdoors, he ventured into the world of photography, capturing breathtaking moments and transforming them into stunning works of art. His journey didn't stop there. Recognizing the power of social media, he has harnessed the digital landscape to showcase his extraordinary talent and build a loyal following. Through his strategic approach, he has successfully grown his social media presence, captivating audiences worldwide with his awe-inspiring imagery. In today's episode, we delve into the secrets behind Mike's incredible social media success and explore the strategies that he employed to promote himself effectively in the online sphere. We will uncover the tactics he used to cultivate a strong and engaged community of nature enthusiasts, turning them into loyal supporters and eventual customers. Throughout our conversation, Mike will share invaluable insights from optimizing your online presence to leveraging social media platforms to attract the right audience. We will discuss the power of visual storytelling, the importance of building a consistent brand, and the nuances of connecting with your followers on a deep level. If you're an aspiring photographer, entrepreneur, or anyone seeking to grow their social media following and promote themselves better online, this episode is a must listen. Get ready to be inspired and equipped with practical strategies to elevate your own online presence. You are listening to the Disruptive Minds Podcast, home of the entrepreneur. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, I just want to let the viewers at home know that you were supposed to be the first guest. So that's why, you know, the intro's a little more uh, grandiose than some of the other ones. <laughs> well, um, yeah, thanks so much, Bill. I'm honored to be on the show. Sorry I wasn't able to be the first guest, but, but yeah, so happy to be here. And thanks again for having me on. Yeah, so I really wanted to have you on because I think you have a unique story. And I think that you do, you did something that a lot of people just don't have the guts to do. And I think it was, you know, really brave and really exciting. And I, I want to let the world in on what was miking around and what is it currently? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, first of all, thanks for um, talking about it like that. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I'll just get started um, first by um, what you mentioned, explaining um, what exactly is Miking Around. So Miking Around was basically the name for uh, my personal brand of freelance photography. So um, a few few years back, a little over two years back, I made this, uh, the decision to pursue a, a career in, in freelance photography. Um, and not just any kind of photography, I, I pursued um, travel phot photography spe specifically. Um, very like competitive and very ambitious. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was, it was honestly just something that, um, really like sets my heart on fire. So, um, it, it was kind of, although it was a little bit of a scary decision because I wasn't sure, you know, how I was going to be able to make money and things like that. Um, I, I knew I was so passionate about it that I had to at least 
um, follow this path and get this thing started and see where it kind of took me. So, um, so yeah, it was a, um, for quite some time as a fr uh, freelance travel photographer and, and, and my brand name was Miking around. So, so that's kind of the, the overview of it. Yeah. I, and I mean, just to give the listeners a little bit of a background, I mean, you went all over the place. I mean, you were camping in your car, you're being chased by mountain lions. You know, <laughs> it was a crazy exciting time to be alive. And it's something that I think a lot of, you know, our professional peers might have a regret by the time they're 60 that they didn't just go, you know, camp in a car somewhere for three months or four months, you know, and, you know, that that's really what I think is really awesome about it. I was kind of hoping you could let people know kind of what made you come up with the idea of like, hey, I'm making all this money. I'm this super successful Ivy League graduate. I'm going to go live in a car and take photos of plants and trees and animals and, you know, really live out my dreams, even if that's not what society wants me to do. And like, how did you come to this realization? How did you like, you, you know, come up with the idea that like, I'm going to go do this. I'm excited about this. I'm passionate about this. And what was really the trigger? Um, yeah, yeah. Great question. Um, well, I think, um, for, but like the way I view it though, is like, I view myself kind of as like an artist. Right. So I think, I guess to answer your question, um, I think maybe the way I understand it is I, I almost view it like the way a lot of artistic movements happen where, um, you know, artists just kind of like see other artists and then they get inspired by that and and you kind of have these movement ha movements happen right so you have like for example you you have you know a painter who who starts painting in a more impressionistic style and then all of a sudden you have other painters who 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 really um resonate with that style and then you have like the impressionistic movement right of painting so i i think that's kind of what happened to me is i you know i saw some people um you know, doing this travel photography thing. And, and the first thing that, you know, popped in my head was, wow, this is so cool. And, and it really resonated with me. And then I thought, you know, the, the, the thing I was really telling myself was why not me, right? Like I, you know, I believed in myself as a photographer and, and I believed in my capacity to take images at the same level um, of the other photographers and artists I was seeing, you know, on Instagram and platforms like that. So um yeah I, I just you know I I don't know if I was you know too cocky but I had this kind of why not me attitude and you know I saw these other people really inspire me so I decided to you know to take the leap and and you know quit my job and and you know start as a travel photographer um and and another mindset too that I had Bill was um you know I really I, I didn't want to live my life in a way that was going to maximize like my resume I think so many people right it's like we think everything we do right it's like oh like will this look good on my resume will this help me get the next best job you know how will this impact my life um you know years down the line and I think we were so a lot of us right we're sort of conditioned to live our lives um worrying so much about maximizing our futures instead of just you know i think sometimes it's good in life to make a little more impulsive decisions and and do the things that set your heart on fire even if it um isn't quote unquote the smartest thing for your future right so um i, I really just embraced that 
you know, that, that mindset of just, um, you know, just kind of leaping, you know, just, just, just leaping and not thinking so much about it. And, and uh, yeah. And I think that was kind of the trigger that, that helped get me started. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I heard a, I heard a quote, I don't know who says it, who said it. And it really resonated with me. And every time I hear it, I, I think of you and it's the quote uh, it's amazing how little somebody will take in compensation to give up their dreams, right? It's, it's amazing how little that salary has to be, right? Like people will sell their dreams for such a small amount of money or such a small amount of success that it's like almost crazy to think about. Like, and I, I think it's it's really admirable to prioritize you know, what you want to do in life. Because like you said, why not you? You know, other people do it. What makes them so special that you don't have, especially considering that you're a very talented individual? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, no, yeah, that, that that was really well said. And, and uh, well, I appreciate you thinking about me when, when that quote comes up. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, it, it is tricky. It's definitely a tricky thing, right? And, and this is something like a lot of us struggle with, right? Because, you know, we, we live in this world um, that requires money, right? And, and if you want to be, you know, like a part of, you know, if you want to be really a part of society, then, then you really do need money, right? Like you need money to, you know, attend the events that your friends invite you to. You need money to take care of your family. If you, if that's something you're into pursuing, like you just kind of need money in general, like it's impossible to avoid it. Um, so, right. It's like, we're in this constant struggle as, as humans in the 21st century of, of, you know, trying to do things that we like that also pay us. Right. And it's this constant struggle. Bill, I don't know if you've heard of the, there's like this Japanese, uh, um, concept called like Ikigai. And it's basically like, the you, you basically like how you live like a like a fulfilled life according to this concept it's like you you need to find the balance between these four things and it's like um what um it's like what uh what fulfills you what you're good at what you can get paid for and what the world needs right so it's like there's like these four things and if you can sort of find a balance of this, then you will find yourself like pursuing a dream that um, that you can pursue um, in in like longevity, right? Like you will be fulfilled if you can kind of check all four of these boxes, right? And like sometimes you might not find something that checks all of them. Like for example, like maybe you find something that's like sets your heart on fire, but that's like your dream, but maybe you don't make any money. So, you know, maybe you have to change the paradigm a little bit or change some things about it. Um, right. And it's like, you, you, you do kind of need to find this balance if you want to pursue that dream in longevity, or you want to pursue that particular, um, activity or art form or whatever it is that you're doing, right. Like you probably will need that balance. And if you don't have that balance, then maybe you only do this thing for a certain period of time. But, but yeah, I mean, but, to, yeah, to, to that point about the quote and about the compensation, like, you know, that definitely is something that, you know, I feel like we as humans are, are constantly thinking about in the 21st century. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. 
So what I really wanted to, you know, get to the crux of here is obviously you think, you know, exploring your dreams, pursuing your dreams, getting out there and getting after it is a necessary thing. But how should people kind of view this trade-off between the four elements that you laid out, right? Like, how should people view this trade-off in flux given the constraints of real time in order to make decisions that might lead to overall happiness, right? Because I think one of the biggest problems in today's society is that people are trying to optimize for all different sorts of things. But right. at the end of the day, we're all really just trying to optimize for happiness. And we all think that these certain things will get us there quicker than over others. But I really like the idea that you laid out of there being a balance, right? Like, if you can put these things in balance, that kind of like following your dreams, following your passion, happiness, it just kind of happens, right? So right. what's your advice for like trying to find that balance and, you know, kind of taking that leap of faith to get out there and discover where that balance might lie? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, great question. Bill, I think my advice would be kind of really what you said at the end about like, literally just taking the leap of faith i think i think i mean it's it's it maybe sounds a little simple but but i really think the best advice that i could offer is to actually just try things right like you we do not know the outcome and we spend so much time trying to calculate things and it's like i think we really just need to put ourselves out there and try and see what happens right um because i think even 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 with my story right it's it's actually not something that I'm currently pursuing in, in as full of a capacity as I used to. Right. But, but the, I think the interesting thing about miking around though, Bill, is that I don't have any regrets and people aren't really surprised when I say, say that because it was such a cool experience. Right. So it's like, I have this thing that I channeled all of my energy into. Um, and maybe I didn't quite get the monetary outcome that I wanted, which is, is basically what happened. I wasn't really able to pay myself in the way I wanted to. But, you know, I learned a ton of information. I had all these good experiences and I tried something. Right. So. Um, so, yeah. And I, I think that's that's really my advice to people is to just go out there and try. I think we get so comfortable with our situation and we, we you know, we fear rejection or defeat and disappointment. But. I think we're 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 a lot stronger than we, you know, than than we give ourselves credit for, and we need to go out there and try things, right? That is the only way to to be, you know, to be to be happy and to change our outcome and to, to change our paradigm. We have to go out and try, right? So experiment and and take the leap. That's my advice. Yeah, all really good advice. So I, I was hoping to kind of balance this conversation against the idea of the value of social media for both yourself and your business, right? Like you got a brand with your business, you got a brand with yourself and that social media can be a useful tool uh, to open up doors and make connections. Right. Like, right. like whether or not you make any money from miking around is irrelevant. If miking around is part of your identity as an individual, as a person, it's something that you can bring up and be proud of in a conversation and could potentially open doors for you in the future. And I think right. a lot of people, uh, you know, 
don't really think too far with the idea of like a personal brand, right? Like when I see a lot of people's Facebooks or Instagrams or even LinkedIn's, um, I basically see the same thing as like a, a boring Tinder profile, right? Like everybody, this is my Friday night, <laughs> what I ate for dinner last week. And it's just like this cookie cutter thing where it's like, I like football and movies and I have a dog, you know, it, it's the same shit. And because of that, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like if you have any advice for people that are looking to build either a brand for their business or a brand for themselves personally, how to do that via social, right? How to build up a, a following that maybe you're not the Kardashians, but you know, people follow you that it's, it's worth showing other people and it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, super, super great questions. And, and obviously social media is like so, so important um, to anyone who's trying to kind of build a personal brand like this. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, two things kind of come to mind. I think the first is, um, you know, we, we live in an interesting time where um, I mean, with platforms like TikTok, viral right like if, if, if you set the right video um yeah if, if you know if you write the if, if you make the right video that really resonates with people truly anyone can go viral which is amazing because you know society didn't, didn't used to be like that right like you used to have to have these connections um to, to to really get your voice heard sometimes but but now it's it's not really like that right so truly anyone can go viral and, and that's something we have to take advantage of if, if we want to start a personal brand um, but you know, with that being said, now, now everyone is trying to go viral because, because anyone can, right. So there's so much competition. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 um, I, I think you were kind of hitting on this, but you, you know, there's so much cookie cutter content out there. It's, we have to find a way to stand out. So that's the most important thing is, is, is how can we do something, um, that, that makes us stand out as much as possible. And, and I think that should be our advice, right? Like be, you know, be kind of extreme with, with what we do, right? Like make, you know, make your profile, your account or your brand like extreme in a way that's going to get people talking about you or going to get people, um, you know, excited about what you're doing, right? The, the, the more on the outskirts you can be of this population, the more, you know, the more chances of success you'll have. And, you know, I'll give like, you know, an example with that, um, you know, that one video um, we had of, of our, um, you know, of our colleague climbing those mountains in Seneca Rocks is this very like extreme eye catching video that ended up going viral on TikTok. And, and you know, when it went viral, it was kind of almost seems like self-explanatory about why it did. Um, I think, you know, analyzing that video too, another, you know, no, another thing is just the caption was just like, would you climb this, right? And it's just very like, very just kind of relatable thing that begs a response. So, you know, yeah. being, you know, being extreme and, and kind of trying to channel your content so it falls and um, falls kind of in the outliers of what people are trying to do, but then also trying to balance it with, trying to engage as many people as you can by, by either, you know, begging a question that, that relates to a lot of people or choosing a topic that relates to a lot of people or something like that, like making sure your content really 
or, or at least like a strong niche, right? But making sure your content is people actually care about it too is is so important. So um, yeah. that was a little a tiny bit. Um, I was touching on kind of a bunch of different things there, but hopefully that was helpful. Yeah, no, I mean that that that's a reoccurring theme that I I find myself coming back to is talking about niches, and I actually don't like the word niches because it implies a small subset. Like you said, you, you, you want something that stands out from the crowd. You want something that's different, something that's, you know, on the edge, almost extreme, but you don't want to be exclusionary with that, right? Right, right, right. Like you, yeah. like, you can, like you can make the most detailed video ever on uh, how to change the wheels on a bicycle that can only be bought on Amazon France. And right, nobody's right. gonna watch it, right? Right, right, but right. At the, but at the end of the day, I like the word sphere of genius, right? Because sphere sphere of genius implies that there's this like little world, right? There's a collection of ideas, there's a collection of thoughts where you have a edge over everybody else in terms of knowledge, right? Like you 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 know more than others, and therefore you can be a subject matter expert on a variety of things in that category without ever having to go into the extreme nuances that you might find in smaller niche channels. Uh, what was just your thoughts on, you know, niches and how to, you know, dial it in right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I really liked what you, what you said right there. And I agree with, with um, kind of like your point about, you, you know, the French bike example. Um, it, like I think sometimes the you know being being on the outliers right being extreme doesn't doesn't always mean like you have to choose an extreme niche right it you can choose a very popular category a very you know do what you're passionate about right like that's the best course of action but you know if I'm starting a cooking channel right like a wildly popular you know niche so to speak or wildly popular like category like make like make what I'm doing like extreme or different or unique or something like that right like how am I cooking like how am I presenting the foods like you know I don't know much about cooking but but um <laughs> you know for the purposes of the example like like make the way you present yourself eye-catching right it's so important for social media it's the only way um yeah how I feel about like niches and, and dialing that in um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would just, I think it should come pretty naturally, right? Like, you, you know, back to that Ikigai point, like, oftentimes, oftentimes, it, you know, it's not always like this, but, but there is a correlation, right? Oftentimes, the things we're passionate about tend to be the things we're good at, right? Like, part of the reason I was so passionate about track growing up, track and field and pole vaulting is because I was catching on to it super quickly and I had a ton of success with it, right? Like it feels good winning, right? Like it's kind of this like self-fulfilling circle of like when we're good at things, you know, we do well and we get good feedback from the world and then it makes us want to do it more, right? And it, and you know, it's not 100% always like that, but but um, it definitely helps, right? It definitely helps when, when you have those two things feeding into the circle, right? So um, when you're choosing a niche, right? I think choose what you're passionate about and then you're going to be the odds are, you know, if you're passionate about it, 
um, you know, choose things you're passionate about and you're good at. And then, you know, when those two things are, are working together, like your niche is going to be responding back to you very positively. And then it's going to be this circle of success, hopefully for, you know, for our listeners. So, um, yeah, I think that would be my advice about, um, selecting a niche, right? Like do things you're passionate about, do things you're good at, right? Try to find a balance between those two things. Um, and then use that to choose uh, a, a category and, and, use the, that information to target an audience. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, so I know you got to get going here, but I wanted to lay out for the audience where they can find your photography and where they might be able to purchase some of it if they you know, kind of have a blank space on their wall they want to fill up or you know, whatever they want to do. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, that, thanks so much, Bill. I really appreciate that. So- yeah, for anyone uh, in our audience who's interested in um, looking at my travel photography and what I was up to for the past two years, you can check me out at mikingaround.com. I also have a pretty big presence on Instagram. So uh, mikingaround uh, is my Instagram handle. So it's M-I-K-I-N-G-A-R-O-U-N-D. Uh, mikingaround, all one word on Instagram. Um so on my website, there's a link to my print shop and also on in my Instagram bio, there's also as well a link to my print shop. So uh, you can see a bunch of the artwork I have for sale there. Um, also feel free to just um, ask me any questions you might have about, um, you know, the, the decisions I've made or, you know, kind of what, you know, more on, on following your passions or if more, more specifically about photography in general um, or travel photography um anything like that feel free to ask me anything uh in in, in my direct messages or um uh, in my inbox on my website um but yeah that's where to find me um and uh bill thanks so much again for for having me on this this has been really cool yeah thank you for coming on when you started spelling your uh domain name there for a little bit i thought you were gonna break out in the mickey mouse clubhouse march song <laughs> <laughs> M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U. That's right. That's right. Maybe I, sh- maybe I should have a theme song. Maybe. Yeah. Probably help me go more right, well, Thank you so much for coming on, Mike. I hope, you know, everybody took something out of this conversation. And, you know, we're going to come back next week with more episodes. So we hope you stay tuned on the Disruptive Minds podcast. Mm-hmm.